The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and one thing is for sure, that zombie fan can stick that drum so far up his arse. Nay need. Our thanks to Mark Wilson for joining us last week. Tales of taxis to the Mardi, building goals, shite free kicks, mysterious girl, and much more. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, the Rangers Review, Aberdeen Preview, Loan Report, Women's Team, Academy, Lottery, Games or Goals, Maui Sisters New Venture, details about next week's live recording, plus on this day with the Arab Archive. It's all coming up on episode 135 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Wilson, and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. Come on, welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast with the London calling Paul McNichol and the fueled by Fleming's chicken curry pears, Ronnie Costello. Uh, I just literally says to you there, Paul, we might be starting with a bit of an apology. Now, I'm not throwing MD under the bus here, right? But after last week's Fox Pass, <laughs> after mm. last week's faux pas of, uh, or the week before, whenever... Kevin Thompson turned up to play for United and we addressed that. I need to address someone for the day's game. Now it's 25 past three. We've just started recording. And I announced on two occasions a day, it was Ross Graham's birthday. Now, apparently it's not his birthday to Wednesday. But my get out of jail free card is it's on the Arab archive that his birthday is the day. Okay. So... Okay. I'm not throwing the Arab Archive under the bus because they do absolutely brilliant work and we use it every week and we love it. But lads, come on. I can already mat an air swap myself. I didn't need you throwing us curveballs like that because I said it when he scored. That's the second mistake because they had Paul Dixon as being born in Dundee as well. Uh, I remember. I remember. Come on, boys. Three strikes, lads, and you're... Well, you're not, to be honest. They'll get Bosmond to the Uh, Archive. So... Aye, so I did say that the day, but apparently it's not his birthday to Wednesday. Now, I checked that, I thought, oh, surely I've not put the right, the wrong, like, day in. But no, you put you go in the Arab Archive today, Sunday, the 20th of February, it tells you he's 21 today. So anyway, yeah. technically, because it was his birthday this week, I was kind of close saying happy birthday, Ross Graham, for Wednesday or whenever it is, and... Right, so that's it. That's that's my that's my stance, right? It's a thought that counts, Ron. I'm sure that Big Ross will be uh, over the moon that he got a birthday, <laughs> the, the first birthday congratulations of the year for him, probably. <laughs> uh, very, very early. It was nice of uh, Bobby Mann to give him a birthday kill today as well, but we'll get to ref watching that was. later on. Right, before we get into the uh, the review, Mark Wilson last week, honestly, I kind of listen stuff. to Mysterious Girl like, like I do every day. Uh, but I picture things I shouldn't be. <laughs> That's that, that song's either now better for people or completely ruined. Uh, depends on your perspective. But yeah, it was uh, like uh, it was that long ago that we spoke to him. Now it was a good few weeks ago. Uh, we've sat on this this episode or that episode for a wee while. But it was class. Like uh, it was really it was really good. You could tell that that Mark himself had a wee bit of media training. The way he, he was quite free and easy to speak about certain things. Uh, it was it was really enjoyable. It was one of the better ones, I think. Puts a brass set of goals up on half, apparently. He, he does in a half, eh? and is very adept at getting nutmeg for youngsters. <laughs> and and kind of wash bits. 
I did like the story of Davey Harris saying, stick that watch on, mate, it's platinum, you'll be all right. Can't win the taxi if he dallies to the Mardi. Absolutely incredible stuff. Right, let's move on. Seen you fair distance doing your finest zombie impression of the day. Thought it was thought it was nice of you getting involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just trying to create the atmosphere. Unbelievable. Um, right. Do you want to tell me what you said before we hit record when it comes to matches against Rangers and the build-up? I'm never, I'm never anything other than quite confident. I just think. I don't know what it is. Like some teams, like, and we've got teams that we didn't necessarily like playing against. I think. Like on paper, they should beat us nine times out of ten, uh, nine, nine times out of hundred, maybe even. But I just there's always something just niggles away in the back of my mind uh, called confidence, and I'm, I'm usually it's sometimes misplaced. Uh, I can't lie, but just all week I was telling anybody that would listen to us, which is no many people. That I just I felt we were going to win today. I really did, and uh, so although we didn't win, we got a decent result. Uh, which we'll touch on. I, I wasn't overly surprised. Uh, I mean, that's three games we've played against them this year, and it's kind of it's it's honours even, isn't it? It's, it's four points apiece. It's two goals each. Uh, now, regardless of the fact that they're umpteen points ahead of us in the league, like on one on on one off games, there's there's no much between the teams uh, result wise. So, uh, I, I'm usually I'm usually fairly calm and, and confident about these games for whatever daft reason. Feel any different on the back of the result on Thursday? Because I mean, let's let's I mean, let's not give them too much praise, but that's a pretty impressive result they got. Great, great result! It was a great result for them, uh, and that's the only praise that I will ever give that. Correct. But yeah, it didn't. Honestly, it didn't change my belief that we would. Well, I was wrong because I thought we would win the day. Mm. Uh, but no, it, it didn't. As good a result as that was. How many times do you see teams? And bigger teams than the Rangers, they go to Europe, they get a great result, and then they go and get pumped at the weekend for a team that they, they should walk over. Uh, football's littered with stories like that. So it didn't, it didn't alter my opinion at all. Not one iota. Mm. And obviously on the uh, the lead up to uh, the match, we knew that the players had a wee extra you know, day off to recover and all that kind of stuff. And it's obviously been a really tough schedule then on the back court you're about to play uh, on a tatty field and then they come back into this week on the lead up to the game and um, just one change which seems to be an enforced change we don't know for certain but Kevin McDonald wasn't in the squad uh, Charlie McGrew come back in now I think we did speak about this last week if we never what would you have done the day if everyone was fit it's a tricky question that yeah, I wouldn't have played Charlie Mulgrew if, if everyone. I probably wouldn't have changed it mm-hmm. because Kevin McDonald's come in and he's been very good. Butcher was, Butcher's came in and was excellent at the back. Like you, you couldn't leave it Ross Graham. You couldn't leave it the skipper. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have changed it probably. But the, the changes that that were apparently enforced today, I think the manager got them spot on. I really do and it, it was I suppose when you think about it and no even hindsight it's, it's quite a simple decision of Kevin McDonald's injured then Butcher just goes for centre half to centre midfield and Mulgrew goes for centre on the bench to centre half nice and easy yeah and um, when a game got started it's always important to try and you know get the first goal because 
nine times out of ten, you're probably going to see a lot of the ball. And when you've got the mm-hmm. ball, you need to be quite clever with it. And I have to say, I thought we've seen both ways of that. I thought we were good with the ball for the majority of the time. Or we maybe didn't funny about it. And if the ball had to just get cleared, it got bloody cleared. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that should be imperative. For, I, I know that football these days is different. Like, and every player seems to to want to try and play football regardless of the area of the pitch that they're on but now and again you just need to kick it as hard as humanly possible and clear your lines and we seem uh, we seem to be doing that at the right time today but the start of the game it was interesting because Rangers they obviously did that dingy goal kick thing that I don't think any fans particularly like uh, regardless of what team you support where they were passing it three yards to their centre half and United we're thinking, right, that's fine, you could do that. We're going to press you for the get-go. And they did, and they got a wee bit of, a wee bit of joy out of that. But that that probably only lasted like the first five minutes, and then I felt like Rangers kind of took a bit of a foothold in the match, and they had they had a lot of possession. I didn't want to say they had there was loads and loads of pressure, because I didn't think Benji had that much to do. You know, they had a couple of free kicks where you're... You're thinking, oh no, Tavernier. I've seen this movie before. Exactly, <laughs> and like, and like, the boy's an absolute, or he can be a wizard via free kick. Uh, but it's you've got to expect that Rangers are going to have the bulk of possession. Uh, but I, I don't think that we gave them a second in the first half at all, all game, in fact. But particularly in the first half, we were in their faces. We were trying to close them down, making it as difficult as possible for them. And when we got the ball. Uh, we were quite good with it, you know. Obviously, we've we've got our goal, no for open play, but for a set piece. But to work the set piece in the first place, uh, there was some decent play that that got with the corner. So he, I, I felt like the first half certainly today was was excellent. There was no complaints. Yeah, and obviously there was uh, it was obviously going to be a game littered with decisions, good and bad. Uh, there was obviously a real claim for a handball. I think it was a good uh, against Ross Graham in the first half and uh, I couldn't see it from where I was I've not seen it back yet I'm assuming you were the other end of the pitch weren't you? Yeah but it was clear it clearly hit his arm or his hand from, from where I was but it didn't look uh, intentional at all now I, I'll be honest with you Ron I'm not even sure what the bloody rule is with that anyway uh, uh, because they seem to change it all the time did it hit his arm? Absolutely did he mean it? no danger he meant it and I don't even think his arm was in an unnatural position and again similar to you I haven't seen it back only saw it in real time 100 yards away from where Messi is uh, so I didn't think it was a penalty but I'm led to believe that Chris Boyd is uh, going to be up at night kicking the bed sheets because he, he reckons it was an absolute stonewall well so. you, you will be not surprised Derek Ferguson also thought it was a bricker or a penalty <laughs> Well, I mean, that, and that just goes to show that if you're if you're a United fan and you see it, you, you see it one way, and if you're a Rangers, uh, a Rangers fan, and you see it, then you you see it another way. It's, I mean, the rule itself should be black and white, like, and I'm not I'm I'm not even saying that it isn't it. Maybe it maybe it, it was a terrible decision for the ref, or maybe he's got it absolutely spot on. I, I'm no hundred percent sure what the bloody rule is surrounding a handball in the box these days, but. Uh, I wasn't surprised that he didn't give it, even though it was against the team that I was get penalised. Yeah, it was uh, an end-to-end sort of opening 20 minutes and no long after that is uh, Emi Niskanen had his chance when he took yeah, done, two or three defenders well. inside out and then it was just a... It was either a really good block or fortunately just Tavernier was in the right place. But even then, 
It looked like it could have still sneaked in. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a far past the post. So you would have got a better angle than me. Uh, but yeah, that that was really good. That that's what you want and this can do. You know, he, he's obviously capable of doing that. Uh, using his pace, he's got a wee bit of trickery. I, I still think his delivery is tremendous. Like compared to compared to what we've had in recent Luke Bolton. in recent times. Well, yeah, Luke Bolton. I mean, Emil Lang, <laughs> Ricky Risky, Alex Nichols. You know what? So the, any of the best players that we had for delivery was the Canadian Donald Finlay. Like Fraser Aird's delivery was brilliant. He'd have loved that the day. Fantastic. He'd have been no surrender the day and oh, He was probably know. there. He was probably <laughs> there with his flag. <laughs> and his fucking he drum. Uh, <laughs> it was his drum that was there. The guy, he was battering at a wall. There was a maple leaf on the side of it. What a man. But uh, but yeah, his delivery was excellent. But I mean, Iskinen's, uh, he's, and he's, because he's getting a run of games now, and he's hopefully settling in, like he's, some. I'm not saying everybody was writing him off, but some people were kind of, Saying nah, he's he's know what we're needing. He's he's no got it. It was very it was very early to make that sort of judgment because, as you'll remember, when when Ryan Edwards came into the team, he didn't really look up to speed with things either, and it took him a wee bit of time. And and now, Miss United fans, you didn't hear bad word to say about the big guy. Uh, although his captain said he didn't go off to a flyer, <laughs> but. Uh, but that seems to have been rectified. So Niskanen, he's got that in his locker. He could he could take boys on. He could definitely cross a bar, no bother. And that wee bit of trickery that they almost led to a goal. I think we found a real new lease of life for I mean, Niskanen in that role of, you know, yeah. and again, listen, we've went back and forward last season as well on a back three and, oh, nice pink ball you've got there, Paul. Uh, on, a, on a back yeah. three. But I, I generally think it's working and it's a case of let's, a wee bit like what Mickey Mellon did as well listen we're conceding too many goals let's put ourselves hard a bit but we're playing football as well and since that obviously it's coincided with Ross Graham I should be absolutely out the squad now because we've conceded a goal he's no longer beckoned by our so come on but I jest happy birthday Ross um, for Wednesday when it comes <laughs> <laughs> but I think he, I think this guy's getting a real new lease of life there and you'll need the energy and I think Liam Smith I mean was it last week that he said that he was running off his feet and whatever, and he put a shift in the day. Not only did he finish the game playing as Pirlo in the midfield, in a double six. Paul, a double six. A false seven. <laughs> but I just think it's great for him because a lot some United players were, were saying, oh, you know, he does give you a hand, but I'm not seen enough, or he's no great. But I think, like you say, it's just a confidence thing. And he was getting to having a real tough time today. Yeah, yeah, and that's what you need. Uh, I, I felt like I know you. We've said that Liam Liam Smith done well today, right? Didn't get didn't get it wrong, but he had a tough time against Ryan Kent because Ryan Kent looked in the mood, and certainly in the first half, and probably the the, the first half of the second half as well. The boy Bassey that was uh, backing up Kent, they, they just seemed to have like a free run. Uh, at Liam Smith, and they were they were both very good going forward. I, I felt. But Liam Smith, he stuck, he stuck manfully to his task. But I, I always thought that if Rangers are going to get a goal and get get back into this game, it's going to come through that side because that was the most dangerous area of their team. I felt. Uh, but, but yeah, Liam Smith, like he's people like idiots like me and you herald the fact that Ross Graham came into the team and we hadn't considered a goal. We hadn't considered a goal for Liam Smith came back into the team either. Mm. 
and uh, so we're bombing both them. Is that what we're doing? They've both got to get dropped. <laughs> Done. Uh, we'll just squeeze somebody into Ross Graham's position now, and uh, Sheep can get his. Uh, we're needing a tall, a, to- a tall boy that's hopeless. Are you are you available Saturday? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm Petodre bound. I'll start my bets. <laughs> there might be Timberlands, but they'll they'll do. <laughs> and uh, before the goal as well, uh, McGregor a real good save for Charlie Mulgrew. It was yes. offside at the yeah. time, and then, then, and I think it was the next corner as well. There hadn't been any mistakes for each team. Each team were going for it, and maybe it had been coming, and it was just brilliant to see. One thing I did get Close. told after the game is when we were lining up for the corner. I'm doing hand signals now. Only Paul can see these. Mm. Is uh, it looked like Mulgrew was sort of pushing Ross Graham to say, "Right, you go there." Whether he was trying to use him as a blocker or a decoy run. There was only one man sticking his napper on the end of that, and you must yeah. have got a cracking view. I, d- I did, yeah, and I was jumping a bit like a wee excited lassie. Uh, it was, it was brilliant. What a moment! What a moment for for Ross. You know, he, uh, we all know, having saw it in the press the last few days, like he's obviously, I think he's a Blair Gowrie lad. He's a United fan, scoring for United or coming coming in from nowhere. Uh, let's be honest, he came in out of the blue. He came in from nowhere after a. A failed loan spell at a really struggling, shitey championship team. He came in and he's not put a foot wrong, Rondo. He really hasn't. So for him to get on the end of that. And the one thing I like about him, because when you watch him, like he, he looks quite big and lumbering sometimes and like he doesn't really look like, he, like he'd be up to much. Happy birthday again, Ross. <laughs> happy birthday again. Uh, so hopefully when he turns 21, he, he doesn't, he stops lumbering about the park. But to look at him, I don't think he looks particularly quick or anything like that. But maybe over the first few yards, he might not be the quickest. But you'll know over a distance, like maybe a 10, 15 yard sprint, he's not losing many races there. I think we've already said, by the way, he doesn't, he doesn't tackle a lot, doesn't slide in, doesn't eat a. No, no, and that's that's a sign of a good defender. Like, and don't get me wrong, fans love to see boys sliding in and wiping guys out, but. Like I think it was Paolo Maldini that said it years and years ago. If you hate to do that, then you've made a mistake somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, or, or somebody's made a mistake somewhere. So yeah, he's he's just been brilliant. Like he really, really has. Uh, so for him to get the goal it was class. Absolutely brilliant. What a moment for the guy. What a moment for the United fans over it again. What a b- moment for the announcer saying happy birthday and Anne for scoring. I uh, mean, I mean, I just went to Abdi's head. Did it? Boys were losing the plot left, right, and centre. <laughs> Here's a start for you. Do you know Dundee United have never lost this season if they've scored first? I do now. Yeah, uh-huh. I didn't, but I do now. Exactly. Decent. Unbelievable. Um, do you think it was one too many yellow cards getting dished out in the first half? <laughs> I think that that might... Uh, but we, were, we were in their faces all first half. And I think because we got, what was it, Edwards, Ross Graham, did the Butch get booked? Did he get booked? Oh, I don't think he No, he, might, he maybe didn't. I kind of got penalised on the edge of the box for for something that, like, to me, it didn't look like a foul. But I, again, it's the other side no. of the park. Uh, what Graham and Edwards? Tony, what he got? He got booked. Uh, I, th- I think that might uh, that might uh, took a wee bit of us in the second half. Like we couldn't have then just fly into tackles and and get right in their face. I think. But uh, I mean, it wasn't. A, I don't think there was a bad tackle and. In any of them, not in the first half, no. It was no, but in any of the bookings, like I can't even mind what Tony Watt got booked for. Pulled back uh, Rebo when Rebo just right. danced round yeah. him. I think. No, no, I think it was similar with Edwards. And now that now that I remember, 
Well, Morelos got Morelos got booked right, and he led with his elbow and at the back of Edwards. Yeah, you know. But he done he done that last season as uh-huh. well against Connolly, I think. And Connolly was starting to shut your mind. Yeah, he only he only got booked for that. Did he not get Did he not get done retrospectively though? Hope so. I hope somebody does yeah. after a day. But and yeah. Uh, Right on half time, Ross Graham nearly stuck the Barney's in net when he flicked the header clear and it went right across the goal. <laughs> I reckon he can't exactly what he was doing. Ah, well, okay. Um, give him the benefit of the doubt. Half time, what were you thinking? 1 0 up, not a bad place to be. It was a great place to be. Uh, and as I says to you about my, my envy confidence levels before the game, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a surprised, and you knew that there was going to be. Some sort of upturn, upturn, sorry, and Rangers' performance level. Like I don't even think Rangers, the Rangers were bad today. I just think that we defended absolutely brilliantly and we worked our socks off, which should be a given. It should be something that you see every week, but it isn't. Like yeah. every football fan will say, "Ah, but you should do this every week. This should be expected." Well. Nah, like we do expect it, but we don't always get it. Yeah, again, it's any uh, of these things. I mean, there's Rangers in the first half, seventy-five percent possession, but didn't they a shot on target? Nice pink water mm-hmm. we've got there, Paul. Um, didn't have a shot on target. You know, and again, but their manager probably doesn't go in at halftime re- unhappy because they've had the ball, they've created chances, but more frustrating that, you know, the blocks, boys are putting their again, arses in the way, their oh, balls, yeah. heads, whatever they want to try and clear oh, yeah. it. And it's magnificent at times, but you fine at half time, you're obviously confident going to the second half. I think the big thing was we had to score. I think we had to get a goal. Really? Yeah, even, Christ, even even Leo the day says to me, I ain't gonna need another goal the day that I was like, I've been in there three. And that was it. that was at half time that he was saying something like that. So uh, he gets it as well. He 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 saw what was needed. Uh but I, I didn't I wasn't sure. Like at half time you could maybe envisage scoring another goal, but the longer the second half went on. Christ, you would have just accepted getting into their half at times. Uh, we were really, really under the cosh for a lot of that. I mean, I didn't get in the possession or shots or whatever, but I'll give you that. I just felt it just felt like we were really, really hemmed in in that second half. And there was some great defending. There was some awfully lucky breaks of the ball, some bad finishing, a couple of good saves. Well, uh, mate, before but, we even complete the, the match review and whatever, so I'll give you the stats. Hmm. So possession, 74% to 26%, right? Rangers had 29 shots to five. That probably includes hmm. crosses. Shots hmm. on target. How many of the 29 were on target? I mean, there can't be many. Four? Five? Three. And United Three, had two uh, on target. So yeah. you can have the shots in the world. If it doesn't test the goal, it's, it doesn't mean none. Here as well, you can stick in the bar the park. Well, that's what a lot of their shots were. Correct. Tavernier was trying to knock down the shed single-handedly <laughs> in the first half, was he? I thought um, opening 15 minutes of the second half, I thought we were good. I thought we played with a real intensity again. We were dominating at times. They were always, you know, Retired. going to have chances as well. Um, and they needed to get something. And when they had a, I can't mind, I think it was, uh, it was probably no when Benji got hit in the face, I think it was. I think it was before that he had a decent save for Morelos. Uh, right on the goal and then it was just well, on the goal line essentially and then they just it's a simple bar cross into the boy Aribo and just yeah, opened his foot up and, ah, it's, a, it's a good finish but that, that, as I said that's that's where the goal was going to come from it was going to come to that side of the park because they were dangerous all day there uh, 
I, I think Benji got a hand to it. I think I'm not sure it happened that quick. Uh, but yeah, you couldn't say it wasn't a common run. The amount of times that the bar was across the goal, bouncing on the line, bouncing about a yard off the line, and getting punted far away. Uh, uh, there was a few hit. Uh, hands over the as moments in that second half from my point of view mm. and what did you think when five minutes went up <laughs> for Again, time? well uh, my old man was for the last 10 minutes he was I was like it's 10 minutes to go he's like nah it'll be about 15 minutes to go it wasn't a surprise it wasn't a surprise <laughs> and uh, I'm assuming did Benji get a, a boss nose or something uh, I'm I'm not sure. I think the other guy did. Oh, right, okay. uh, I think he did. I don't know kind of Benji was milking it. I thought Butch was milking it as well because there, there was a spell when we were really under the cosh when we were still one and up at that point. I'm pretty sure. And Butcher went doing and old man's like, ah, it's a muscle injury. Get him off. I was like, I think he's all right. Mate, I think, I think the, there must have right. been something in it because you wouldn't have just took him off. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Like in the fullness of time, yeah. I could look back and you think, thought he was nah, he was acting in. Yeah, but but just just to slow the game down because we couldn't get out of our own bloody half for uh, such a long period of time. And I mean, another thing, and we're going to be absolutely two-faced here, the amount of time wasting that we were there in the day, uh, mm. it was tremendous. <laughs> and next week, Nadal, I'll moan about it when it's Aberdeen and another team are there against us. But it's it, again, it's on the ref. He's got to... He's got to stamp doing it. He's got that, but he, he didn't. Special so mention for the ball boys? Was was there ball boys? <laughs> you would never have known it. Like, oh. and even when the bar was coming in the crowd, we were waiting until like they were just about to attack a corner, and boys were launching a bag on tremendous. <laughs> we were all singing for the same hymn sheet that they're on them. <laughs> um, I think overall, I mean, you were obviously thinking it was a win was coming, but when you look at the stats and how we played it's obviously disappointing at home we've no got the three points but it's not a bad point overall is it? No it's if you if you get a, a point against the old firm anytime it's usually a decent result uh, given the performance uh, I think that it was fully merited I know that we rode with luck in the, in the second half more than the first half for sure but no I think that if Rangers had to then nick that right at the end I think that would have been the ultimate kick in the balls like Celtic the other week. Uh, so yeah, it was a difficult game. Every man gave their absolute all. And, and I, I don't think that anybody could could argue that we didn't deserve something like that again. No, the uh, point has us tied with Hibs and Motherwell on 34 points. Hibs in fourth with a minus two goal difference. We're in fifth, minus six. Motherwell sixth with a minus 12. Then you've got St. Mirren 33, Aberdeen 31, Livingston 31, Ross County 27. And right this moment, with Celtic leading 2-1 at half time, Dundee 24, St. Johnson on 23. Man of the match, who are you going for? Uh, the birthday boy on Wednesday. I <laughs> yeah, he scored. He played very well at the back, but there wasn't really any. There wasn't any failures at all in the team. I don't think Niskanen was quite good again. Uh, but yeah, like I think I said last week, kind of tongue in cheek, uh, for keeping clean sheets. And Ross Graham is man of the match every week. We didn't quite keep a clean sheet, but it wasn't his fault, and he scored the goal, so he's getting it again. Any scoring today? I a crunchy the game. That was it. A Cadbury's crunchy. <laughs> Nip, nip is. So not a quarter time because I, I didn't uh, 
I had a wee bit of fruit before I went to the game. I wasn't really wanting a pet. Who are you? But, uh, You've changed. London's to, uh, changed you. You've changed. A wee, a wee, a wee bit. A wee bit. Uh, I, saw, I saw the light doing Next you'll be vegan. <sighs> That's never happening. Can't be so be, looking for a good time. I'll, I'll be on that purry purry rooster chicken or something before <laughs> I go vegan. <laughs> What, what is that about? Who knows? Who knows? Um, <laughs> Can yeah. we sponsor a podcast? Yeah. There was Cal Bacon Rolls district the day, obviously. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Did you scran it? Uh, I had to, because again, awkward time and I was a wee bit hungry, although I've just had a, a Fleming's curry pie, like I said at the start there, and mm-hmm. um, there's my lid with it. I've ate a chicken out of it. I saw, I saw you eat it. You kind of deconstructed it as you were demolishing it's really, it. It's a, it's a really weird thing, right? So at the game, I would obviously just get wired in. But yeah. See, like I when I'm in the house, I like to get, and eat it, I eat it with a fork, right? So I, f- I tap the lid off, I eat the inside. Well, I eat the top, yeah. then eat the inside, then I just eat the, the outer. Okay. Ah, yeah. I don't know how, it's just a weird thing I do like. Well, you do you do you put a, a chippy on a plate with your fork and knife? Nah, never. You do it the paper. Just use your fingers and taste. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, right, uh, Ken, Joe that does the the Dode Fox podcast voice at the start of the podcast. Mm-hmm. He uh, he goes to McDonald's and eats it on a plate in the house. Probably with a fork yeah. and knife. What's that about? That's, That's not right. Bizarre. That's not right. That's bizarre. He's further watching. <laughs> well, in mere ways, someone. Um, <laughs> but same like I do weird things like a double decker. You've got to eat the top before you eat the bottom. What? I mean, I've played that game before, but usually I'm just I'm just wanting to demolish it, so it nah. just goes in. Ah, got to the nah. nougat and then the crunchy mm. bit, and you nah. can do it with a twix. Twix. I used to possibly boot with a Twix. I would, I would take the caramel off the top and then maybe nibble the wee chocolate bit right around the edge, essentially left with a biscuit. Oh, Ken, uh, Ken, what's good? Again, this is no what you've turned, tuned in for, but put a boost in the fridge because chocolate lives in the fridge. Get out yes. the fridge, eat round other chocolate and caramel, and you've just got the biscuit. It looks like a it looks like a hardened shite sometimes, but oof, mm. delicious. Man. A tolly. A tolly. A boosty tolly. It's class. <laughs> a tasty tolly. Tasty tolly. Talking of tasty tollies. Uh, anything else you want to add in the ref today? The ref, well, obviously the talking points are two penalty decisions that we've spoken about. One of them with Ross Graham. I think the other end was again Ross Graham. I said, was it not? Did he allegedly pull somebody back or did he pull somebody back? It's not alleged, but. <laughs> <laughs> so he pulled somebody yes, back. pulled him back. <laughs> well, that's that's the way it goes. And the the tackle at the end on Dylan Levitt for Ryan Jack were, if we're being generous, he got there as quick as he could. If we're being critical, I would imagine that he'll get a couple of game banned for the compliance officer because it was it was similar to, to Butchers. And again, in the fullness of time, I might. That might not be accurate, but I've, I've only seen it once. Uh, but Butcher against Celtic, he he was a wee bit late as well, over the bar, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And he got, I think he got a three-game ban, but possibly because that was on the back of a red card. So it, it looked uh, it looked every bit as bad at the time. So I don't know. I haven't seen it back. I saw a still image. Still images didn't always tell the, the, the story because I can remember last season the still image of Ryan Edwards' assault on Alfredo Morelos <laughs> and it looked terrific. But when you actually saw it, it, it wasn't even a foul. Mm. Uh, and none came of that, rightly so. So I, I don't know. That was that was the one. I don't know. Like we did get a foul for it. The ref didn't completely miss it, but I don't think he booked 
uh, Ryan Jack for at all. I think yeah. it was just a case of a free kick, and then that was that was essentially the end of the game yeah. for us. As it's well. pretty naughty. So I would be interested to see a sports scene who liked to do trial by video. Pull them over the coals tonight, so we'll see what happens. Um, since the turn of the year, then, since the remarkable Tony Watt debut when we got bet 2 1 face of Mum, uh, it's now four wins, three draws, and two defeats. Since then, uh, again, like we said, there's been one, two, three, four, four clean sheets in there as well. So it's been a decent start to 2022, you'd have to say. Yeah, yeah. And like, obviously, we went through that really, really shitey patch where performances were stinking, results were stinking, some of the manager's comments were stinking, if we're being totally honest. like, And I, and I could say that, and I, and I, and I would, like, if, we, if he's ever on this podcast, I would I would say that to him as well. But then one thing that I will say is, I think Tam Corps is just, he always tries to be positive. So even in the shittiest of situations, he's going to look for a positive. Whereas uh, I'd probably just might even err on the, the side of negativity. That's <laughs> just a, in my makeup. Or, like, reality, I suppose. Like if, if we've been stinking, say that we're stinking. But if we've been stinking, Tam was still finding a wee positive somewhere. So, Aye. more power to him for that. And but again... It does look, does look like we're out of the sticky patch. So. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's we said last week that last week was a case it's the cup just get through. Football doesn't need to be nice. And look what we've just backed up with the day. Now, the day... Correct. And the first time we played... Uh, Rangers and all that they're the benchmarks of the effort at least that we want to put in but we've seen in games you know when we beat Motherwell 2-0 when we beat uh, Ross County stuff like that these are you know we know we can play you know we can mm. play some football so hopefully that is something to build on uh, looking at the remaining fixtures just before we touch on Aberdeen uh, Aberdeen away on Saturday then we're away to Livingston on the midweek the 2nd of March then it's two home games 5th of March against Hearts 12th of March against Celtic that's the cup that's a cup weekend that might change obviously based on them uh, St Myrna away on the 19th of March Hibs away on the 2nd of April and then it's Dundee at home on the 9th of April for the split so out with that then Paul 1, 2, 3 4, 5, 6 league games left before yeah. the split it's obviously maximum points would be wonderful and, and there's yeah. aims and whatever else but get as many on the board to secure that top six place at least so mm. you're no fighting for everything for the remaining yeah. five games and it begins as we continue away to the newly appointed Jim Goodwin and his mutton molesters on Saturday yeah a game I'm looking forward to as will probably around about 2,000 United fans I would imagine if that's if that's for normal allocation be looking forward to that one it's going to be from what we know of Jim Goodwin he sets his teams up quite difficult to beat and then like from what I was hearing about their performance yesterday there wasn't much in the attacking sense or oh, a decent performance but they were hard to play against they were hard to beat so it's going to be a completely different game for what we just witnessed today uh, but we might there might be times in the game I would imagine there's, there probably should be times in the game where we're going to have to take the game to Aberdeen because they might just be content to be tight at the back and see if they could pick us off mm -hmm. uh, and if that's the case then I'm not sure that's our strength to be totally honest with you but we went in there last season in the cup we put in the best performance of the season and comfortably saw them off now I suppose 
if you're an Aberdeen fan, you probably look at that and think, well, you did come up the road and you did put in a good performance, but we put in our worst performance of the season. So you just never know. You just never know. But I, I'm personally looking forward to it. Aberdeen, I think we said it the last couple of times we played them. You just didn't get what you're going to get for them. Yep. Like they're up and down. And the fact that they've now got a new manager. One win in 2022 uh, against Edinburgh City in the Cup. Yeah, so that's not the best run. No, four defeats and four uh, draws in that run as well since the turn of the year. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a game that we should be trying to trying to get something from without a shadow of a doubt, whether it's a win or whether it's a point, I don't know. But you obviously you go looking for the three. And uh, I just hope that we'll play better than we did on the first game of the season because that was, that was dreadful. Uh, and that was in the games where I was now agreeing with the manager's comments after <laughs> Right at the start, from I was not agreeing. <laughs> no, no, but it's improved since then. Yeah, have you have you got? Is your tickets for a covered or uncovered seat? You know what? I've not even looked. The old man uh, got the tickets because they come out when I was doing in London at the start of the week, so he he got the tickets. So I've not actually seen them, Rondo. So I don't know. But that hill end is an absolute shithole. Shy, yeah. uh, it really is. It's a it's a dreadful end. We used to go behind the gold, didn't we? <laughs> When it was the beach end, mm. you used to get behind the goal, and that was like, how could I describe that? It was less than a shy like, Well, that was you know what? Because I was so I was so young back then. It was just like the the old Provy Road at Dens. It was a big, vast area full of benches, mm-hmm. and now we've got this wee bit at the side, and it's pure caged in as well. Eh? It's horrible. It's caged in. It's because <laughs> the toilets are garbage and because they're trying to move stadium, I don't even that's still happening. I know maybe it is, maybe it is not. Uh, I have no idea. They've no, they've, I think they've done the bare minimum amount of maintenance on that section because it's just for away fans, is it? So nobody really cares. Mm. But uh, no, you'll go to that game and there'll be something after it about, oh, so, so many seats got broke. The seats were probably broke anyway. Like some, the last time I was there, I think it was one all. Paul Payne scored or something. Got uh, There was boys going to their seat, and there wasn't even a seat there. <laughs> there was other boys trying to put their seat down, and the whole thing just lifted the, the the concrete. Just an absolute shitey experience, really. So hopefully, it's made better by what we see on the park. I think it's a big crowd next week as well because Alex Ferguson's there. I think they've sold yes. a fair few tickets for that. Yeah, are something. we going to boo or cheer? What are we going to do? Maybe a, maybe a pantomime boo? Probably the pantomime a, boo, I would think. A I, polite round of applause? I mean, I think, I mean, if, if Jim McLean was, was still here, I'm sure he'd he'd shake his hand and wrap his puss at the same time, you know what I mean? Because they, they went head to head for so long. So, yeah, I think obviously it needs to be a pantomime boo, if anything. I mean, yeah, he's, he's getting a statue, isn't he? I think that's what it's for. I can't yeah. really remember. I did get tilt, but... Yeah, he's getting a statue, I that's what it is. No, I've, 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 saw it in, uh, I've saw it in the press, and I thought, well, I'll be at that game, so uh, I'll, I'll give you a wee boo. <laughs> Heckle him, and then I'm, I might give him a, a polite golf clap or something. Yes. We'll see. We'll see how... I, if it's at half-time and we're three not doing then Abdi's getting booed. <laughs> Abdi. Including Abdi. the kit man, Abdi. Even my old man, I'll boo him and half he gets in my way. Uh, quite right, you bought the tickets, definitely well. That's what I mean. Right, so that's uh, that's next week. We look forward to discussing that at the live show.
which we'll talk about a bit later on. Um, rumour coming out, well, I say rumour this week, but it's been reported United are close to finalising two-year extensions for uh, Chris Mockery and Lewis Nielsen. I would like uh, Ross Graham to be awarded a 10-year Jim McLean contract at the same time. Oh yeah, yeah, but Ross got uh, an extension before he went out on loan, yeah. so I, I can't mind if it was a two or a three-year deal that he got because I can remember speaking about it, thinking, well, the club obviously value him highly. They've given him, I'm sure it's three years, Rondo, but, but I could be way wrong. But they gave him that contract and they committed to putting him out on loan for the season, I believe. But Dunfermline, the geniuses that they are, who are in Fife, <laughs> didn't see, didn't see his, uh, his qualities, his abilities. And even though they were the worst team in that league at the time he was there, they just kept him on the bench. So once again, I've said it publicly on Twitter, I would like to thank Dunfermline Football Club for making an absolute earth of that situation and for us getting Ross back. Uh, yeah, sorry, I was just looking on the contract and it's uh, his contract is 2024, so it must have been like two-year extension or something. Two and a half uh, years and still on his deal. i tell you what they're on. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, I would imagine we'll hit uh, up his terms because he'll not be on loads of money. So and 15 quid a week. Been, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's going to hit a go for a tenner to something. Uh, uh, and I mean, Mark Ogren was at the game the day. Maybe he's come over to Mark share that Ross gets paid what he's worth. I don't know. Mm. But uh, he, has, he has only had four or five or six excellent games. So like, he's just at the start. Let's let's hope he can maintain it. Mm. Excellent start though, isn't it? Oh, as 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 I get carried away, but I don't want him. I get carried away, but live live the carried away to the idiots like myself. And do you want to go just focus on doing Mock- what you're doing, and we'll be all right. Mark Ray Nielsen, two year extensions. Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly wouldn't be against that because uh, Mulgrew's not going to last forever. Uh, I would imagine we're going to did he sign a two year deal mm-hmm. yeah so yeah I, I'm not I'm not against these these deals I was thinking Nielsen there Mochre yeah uh, obviously we've still got we've got a few boys in that sort of position Declan Glass out on loan uh, Archie Mikasin yeah I mean you can see what the club are trying to do obviously the stated intention for the owner is to have a wee bit of fun make a wee bit of money uh, so you're not going to do that if you didn't sign up these promising youngsters to in future sell them on so hopefully they can get some game time somewhere down the line and uh, before we get into it any uh, any additions to the loan report this week that you may have missed uh, no well, well, I mean we might get there we'll see we'll <laughs> see when we're working our way through it I'll tell you what though like my it's, 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 there was a few games that were off thankfully but my I went quite in depth with a few of the games, so oh. uh, this you, you might you could go and run a bath just now or something, Rondo. Okay, I'm in the bath. People can switch off. You, so, so you are. You, what you got your t-shirt on the bath? That's weird. All right. Eating a curry. Look, look at those bubbles on men up. <laughs> it's gone far too far uh, now. Wait to be able to see the hot tub on the stage next week. It's going to be well weird. Uh, right, it's filled with jam though. Uh, right, women's team academy and starting it all off. That's with the loan report. Well, we're going to start off in uh, across the Irish Sea. So Mark Connolly at Dundalk, his season finally got underway. The Lily Whites finally played their first match of the season on Friday night uh, against Derry City. In what was a more than half-decent game, Mark has played the full 90 minutes. He was in his usual position of centre-half where he, has, he was the experience amongst the young backline. It was a typical Mark Connolly performance, full of grit and determination and, of course, 
the customary yellow card. In the second half, he even managed to give his side the lead as he somehow bundled the ball in from a corner. I'd like to have reported that it was a bullet header job, but having watched the rondo, it really was not. Just a few minutes after his goal, Derry equalised, and despite the game flowing from end to end, no one could grab a winner. The game finished 2 all. A good start to his loan spell with the promise of an exciting season ahead for the big guy. The forgotten man, Trevor Carson at Morecambe. They were due to play Shrewsbury Town away, but the game was off due to a waterlogged pitch. Declan Glass at Kilmarnock. Declan recovered from his hamstring strain to take a seat on the bench at the start of his side's match against Wraith Rovers. He did play the last two minutes of the match, however, and probably never put a foot wrong as his lone side won 3-0 on the day. Logan Chalmers at Inversnecke. Logan has started the match for Inverness as they look to end an eight-game winless run at home against Air United. He took up his position on the left-hand side of midfield and played for seven to eight minutes before being withdrawn. The winless run for his lone side extended to nine games by the end of the day, however, as Air ran out 2-1 winners. Seems to be a bit of a dodgy situation for Logan up north as the natives are restless and the manager, Billy Dodds, is under an awful lot of pressure just now, with fans wanting him binned. Kai Fotheringham at Cove Rangers. Kai has again had to make do with a place on the bench for Cove as they welcomed the Falkirk Bairns to their home turf on Saturday. And that is where he stayed for the whole match. Cove ran out 2-0 winners on the day and now hold a five-point lead at the top of the table. Darren Watson at East Fife. Darren has again started this one away for his lone side as they welcomed Queen's Park to New Bayview and he would go on to play 69 minutes before being withdrawn for podcast pal Danny Swanson. By all accounts, Darren has been lively all afternoon on the right-hand side of midfield and has caused the Queen's Park backline all sorts of problems with his deliveries into the box. By the end of the match, however, it would finish one all. Flynn Duffy at Peterhead. Last Monday, Flynn played the full 90 minutes as his Peterhead side battered Dundee without scoring in the Scottish Cup. Flynn had an excellent game on the left-hand side of the park, getting forward at every opportunity and defending stoutly when required to. The game, as we all know, was ultimately lost, but the highlights would have been more suited to being shown on Crime Watch rather than sports team. It was very much a smash-and-grab job by James McPake's and there was also an incredible refereeing decision in the match whereby Peterhead were denied what can only be described as a nailed-on penalty. All that being said, Peterhead have lost 3-0 on the night and unfortunately for Flynn have exited this season's Scottish Cup. On to Saturday then and Peterhead would have been looking to build on their decent performance from the Monday night. Jimmy Mack named an unchanged side which meant that Flynn was once again in the starting lineup. The opposition was Airdrie, and Flynn has played right back for a change. He fitted in seamlessly to what is a foreign position for him and was up and down that side as normal. His crossing wasn't up to its usual standard though, and that's probably due to the fact that he was having to use his normal standing leg to swing the ball over. Performance-wise, it was another more than decent display from the blue tune. Result-wise, it was another bad one as they went down 1-0 to the Onions of Airdrie. Leighton Bisland and Nathan Cooney at Brechin. They were due to play Inverurie Locos up at Glebe Park. Game was off, frozen pitch. Adam Hutchison at Dumbarton. Last week, Adam played twice. He played in the middle of midfield in the midweek and at right back last Saturday. 
This week, as he faced up to Aloha, he was again back in the middle of the park, and this time alongside podcast pal Paul Payton. He's put in a good performance on the day, but his side have lost out in the end. Aloha took an early lead in the match before Payton's got himself on the score sheet bang on half time. The match was being played out and looking like a point apiece until future United Hall of Famer Adam King has scored an unlikely winner for Aloha in the 82nd minute. All in all, a piss poor result for Adam and his Dumbarton team, but another solid 90 minutes of action for him. Jack Newman and Reese Caves at Spartans. So, I'm due yet another apology for this shit show of a segment that I put together. I mentioned last week that Reese had gotten some game time against Gretna 2008, but goalkeeper Jack Newman, heading back out to Spartans on loan, somehow slipped my attention. I am a fanny. That being said, Jack has started between the sticks on Saturday against East Kilbride, and Reese has had to make do with a place on the bench. It was a disaster of a first half for the Spartans lads, as they found themselves three down at the break. The first was a good effort, the second was a deflection that left Jack with no chance, and the third was due to a mix-up between Jack and one of his defenders. As for the second half, Reese got on with about 25 minutes to go, and the match played out to finish with East Kilbride comfortably winning 3-0. Sean Brown at Cumbernauld Colts and Rory Adams at Lothian Thistle Hutchie Vale. Neither guy played this weekend. Sean is still injured, and although Rory recovered from his illness last week, he failed a fitness test before the match. The academy team. Last Tuesday evening, the young lads hosted the sheep. No, not Kieran Freeman, as they were up against Aberdeen. Last time the sides met was in the Granite City, with the match finishing one all after Stuart Heenan's opener was cancelled out by an 86th minute Don's leveller. This time, there was to be late drama again. The young sheep side started the game very well and had United hemmed in for large periods of the opening stages. United finally managed to escape Aberdeen's intense press and gained their first real sighting of goal. Sam Lovey sent a pinpoint delivery into Rory McLeod, who brought it under control expertly with his left foot. Instead of shooting, he picked out a young terrors trialist 10 yards from goal, but he saw his effort on the turn blocked by Taylor Mason. Immediately after, Lovey's crosses proved dangerous once more as he landed the ball onto the head of Heenan, who outjumped his six foot five opposite number to cannon the ball back off the post. United were now firmly in control, and on the half hour mark, they took the lead. Heenan received the ball on the edge of the box and chopped inside Blair McKenzie before reversing his shot back across the wrong-footed keeper and into the net. They could have doubled their league just two minutes later as Jacob Comerford strolled out of the fence and played in his trialist teammate who struck the near post with venom, the ball somehow not crossing the line as it drifted across goal. After this, Aberdeen had a couple of goal-scoring opportunities, but McCabe in the United goal was proving to be in fine form. Just before half-time, though, the Dons would snatch a deserved equaliser. An attempted clearance from United struck an Aberdeen player, and the ball landed perfectly for Harvey to smash the ball into the far corner of the net. The second half was to ebb and flow, with United's wing-backs Lovey and Miller-Thompson both having good games and creating opportunities for their teammates, and at the other end, Aberdeen were a threat too. The game looked to be heading for a draw, when with five minutes to go, Aberdeen's Alfie Stewart has strode forward and unleashed an unstoppable drive from 30 yards that has left McCabe with no chance. United did have a chance after that, but they struck the bar rather than the back of the net, and the game would finish 2-1 to the Dirty Dons. The women's team. 
Last week, the ladies headed for Aldericke to play Hearts in the Scottish Cup. It was always going to be a difficult game, given their opponents are in the league above them. But by the end of the match, you'd never have known. The first half was a drab affair with not much action, but it was the Jambos that were to lead at halftime. Just a minute into the second half, and United were to get back on level terms. They were awarded a free kick in a dangerous position, which Cassie Cowper swung over. Podcast pal Tammy Harkin got her head to the ball and guided it onto the post, and Jaden McLaren was on hand to react quickest and fire home the rebound. This seemed to turn the game in United's favour, and chances would fall to Tammy Harkin, Danny McGinley and Chloe Clemison, but none were taken. Then, with 16 minutes remaining, the Jambos again took the lead. After this, the game swung from end to end with Perry and the United goal in fine form, and United themselves having plenty of pressure. The game would finish 2-1 to Hearts, and the ladies can feel proud of their efforts. It should stand them in good stead for the remainder of the season, and hopefully gives them a bit of belief that when, not if, they are in the top league next season, they'll be able to more than hold their own. Today, as we are recording the podcast, the team are at home to Killy, and the scoreline at present, Rondo? It's 5-0 United. Nice one. So that one will, it's not quite finished, so let's predict it'll be 5-0. Let's predict a glut of subbies, Gim Peters out. And it's five nine. That's that's nice. The subbies have definitely started. They are already starting with fifteen minutes to go. Excellent. And before before I finish my normal wee segment here, I want to say a wee bit about my sister. Uh, as some of you will know, my sister Fiona was and probably still is the best footballer from my family. No offence, Uncle Billy. She played for about twenty five years, starting out with her local boys team, Maryfield United, before joining Forfar Farmington, where she played out the rest of her career. Fiona was good enough to represent the Scotland national team from under-14s to under-19s and attended many training camps with the main squad. She retired from playing just last year and decided that she wants to share her skills, knowledge and experiences of playing at the highest level of women's football in this country. During her playing career, Fiona was coached by top professional coaches in the Scotland setup, guys such as Wayne Henderson, Jim Gallagher, who was the ex-United keeper Paul Gallagher's old man, and John Ritchie, which she feels was an amazing experience. The one thing that her career lacked, though, was a female goalkeeping coach. She never had one. In fact, she only ever had one female coach in her 25 years of playing, and that was Anna Signal, the old Scotland women's team manager. Last year, Fiona was coaching with Dundee United under-17's goalkeeper Zoe McLaren, and she regained her love for the game, culminating in her booking a place on the course to complete her UEFA B goalkeeper's licence. From that, she decided to set up her own goalkeeping coaching business, where she would work alongside local clubs, providing their goalkeepers with specialist training sessions and help set up a goalkeeper pathway at their club. She is currently working alongside several clubs, such as the Forfar Community Trust and St Andrews in East Newark. At the Forfar Community Trust, she is coaching the boys aged 8 to 11 years old and the girls aged 8 to 19 years old. At St Andrews in East Newark, she's coaching a group of girls aged between 9 and 16. Fiona is also coaching with the SFA for the Girls Regional Academy, which is held at the RTC at Cairdy, and alongside that, she is also helping out with the driver ladies at the moment. If you have any interest or queries with regards to utilising Maui Sisters' expertise, please feel free to get in touch with her through her Facebook page, which is Elite Performance Goalkeeping Academy. There we go. Paul says to me, I've got a wee mention for my sister that I'm going to do the day. So that's uh, half the podcast taken up by the Lone Report and praising his sister 
Who is the best McNichol? But anyway, Tales from Tandy yeah. Streets and its final print run. Go to dusf.scot forward slash nutmeg to order yours. Uh, the foundation's raised over £230,000 for the club, charities, and fans' projects since it began. You can join up with hundreds of fellow Arabs. Go to dusf.scot forward slash pledge and you could be united and join the foundation. The United Futures Lottery jackpot. Snooping one again. So that means it is £2,000 up for grad uh, this Friday. Never a bad time to sign up to lottery. It's a pound a week. Details, unitedlottery.co.uk. Remember, all the proceeds go to support our academy. And the 50, 50 results for the day. First prize, £705. Ticket number 157939. Second prize, £235. Ticket number 164156. If you are a winner and you didn't get your prize there, you maybe missed it, you basically go uh, to reception to get it, but imagine you can nip it in the club shop during the week. If the prizes have not been claimed, was it you? You've got that look me. on your face, it might have been you. It wasn't me. I'm just, I'm still a wee bit annoyed at you, slated my sister there, but that's fine. I never slated your sister, she's the she's well, the best McNichol, well, just saying. you'll see it, you'll see her next week, so I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Honestly, monologue McNichol. Right, games of goals, five points up for grabs, five players. Either uh, match up the amount of games played, the goals are scored. For everyone you get correct, you get a point. On the resource allowed out of archive, but that may be wrong this week, who knows? With the scores on the doors, Ronnie 57, Paul 64. So, uh, <laughs> I did, dare I say I need a big in the day and you can take that whatever way you like but I do I need uh, I need a big in the day like so I'm just getting my pen and paper ready hold on well I've selected some good names some good uh, names some decent numbers <laughs> and I'll be surprised if you get five <laughs> the shite housing has begun um, I don't know what am I even doing here uh, <laughs> Get yourself a pen and get yourself a wee bit of paper. Black pen. Go. Let's Black go. Pen. That'll do you. Right, you need the names? Well, I would help. Jenison Myrie Williams. Oh, and yeah. I'm sure we've used him he's, before. He's been on it. He has been on. Uh, Charles Telfer. <sighs> Charlie, he's mates. Score number six. Score number six. Jan Telesnikov. He's been on. He might have been on as well. He has been on. Uh, I'll get that. And to give this guy his full name. Oh, for fuck's sake. David Fernandez Miramontes. Good player. Oh, you could just drop that last bit. Mind, mind the chip he scored. Oh, amazing. Beautiful. Great player. And last, <laughs> and almost by no means least, Stephen McConnellog. Oh, that's Danny Ogan Maddy. Fucking territory there. It's right. no far off. Go. Right, numbers. Yep. 28. <laughs> yep. 6. Yep. 47. Yep. 7. <laughs> yep. And 30. I reckon I've got two of them right out of the. Well, maybe. Maybe no though. <laughs> Maybe. I think I think I've got Telfer and Telesnikov pretty pretty quick. Okay. Okay. But I, th- I, th- I think that was maybe used Telesnikov. Well, for obvious. Sure. Uh, uh, so 
Uh, that makes sense then. Uh, yeah, what, what, what do you remember about these boys? Talaznikov, good player. Mary Williams, good I think player. Levine signed. And he, he, he seemed to promise a lot, but nothing really happened. Charlie mm. Telford, I liked. I mean, we got shafted for the money for him, and I thought there was a decent player in there, but Telesnikov, I don't know, he was a wee bit before my time, but a good player, like a really yeah. good player. Uh, it was. So, I mean, was it no like he was probably, I think we said before when I used him, like technically he was probably up there. He was like a Siggy Johnson. Yeah. Technically yeah. very, very good. A cultured left foot, yes. as they call it. Um, yeah, he was a good player. And, and David Fernandez, my God, he was a wizard as well at he times. Was good, uh, he was at Livy and that was at Livy and Airdrie and yep. Celtic. You know, that's probably where he where he made his name. It was, I think it was Steve Archibald that brought a, a load of these boys into Airdrie. I think he was something to do with Airdrie at that time, and then he went from there to Livingston. And then I, I, I can't mind if we if we got him after Celtic or before Celtic. Can't mind, but uh, yeah, he, he scored a couple of good goals for us. That is for sure. Now, I don't want to show off here, eh? But I think I've got five out of five. Well, if you've got five, Rondo, show off. Right, and I'll tell you because I reckon I've got Telesnikov and Telfar absolutely bang on, mm. bang on. I think I've got Fernandez. Bang on. Mm-hmm. And purely because Mighty Williams wasn't there that often, I'm amazing myself on how many games I think Stephen McConnell played for us. Okay. And it's more than he bloody should have, I think. Well, he was, I think, I'm sure he was quite good on like football manager, my hand, but. Well, maybe didn't, happen. didn't play that though. Didn't play right, and now I'm going to come out. I think I've done a right here. Right, start with McConnell then. McConnell Strap yourself in, ladies and gentlemen. I think mm-hmm. Stephen McConnellog played 47 times for United. Okay, people will question that, but that's fine. Fernandez, well, seven. Mm-hmm. Telesnikov, 30, bang on. Pierne says. Mm-hmm. Telling you right now. Telfer, six goals. Bang on, telling you. Which leaves Jenison and Mighty Williams to play 28 times. Or score 28 goals, whatever you want to look at. But he certainly didn't so I think Mary Williams 28, Telfer 6, Telesnikov 30, Fernandez 7, and McConnell 47. Now, okay. if somehow I've got McConnell and Mary Williams mixed up, both of them shouldn't have played the numbers. <laughs> Don't go far. Right, I'm going to start with uh, Jan Telesnikov because you're super confident about that. I am. Absolutely. He scored four goals for us. He scored four he goals for us in his 30 appearances. Boom, tell ya. Jenison Myrie Williams. He may have been off a faster running. Wasn't the best for your bar. Correct. Scored two goals for us and played 28 ah, games. Bang on, telling ya. David Fernandez Miramontes. <laughs> he only played 32 games for us. Now there. And he only scored seven goals. Uh, if you didn't need Telesnikov for th- I probably went there for him. Charlie Telfer. <laughs> Six. I cannot. I cannot. He played 71 games. Mm-hmm. And not only did he score number six, oh, uh. but he actually scored <laughs> oh, six goals for United. Fucking magnificent. What a And week. Stephen McConnellog, five goals, 47 How? How? 
than I can. I, the, the thing that I remind remember about him is the fact that he was just this wee guy. We started putting names on back of jerseys and his was going to do these sleeves. It was a big name on a wee jersey. Uh, get in there. Two points behind still, though. You done well, lad. You done well. I did. I really did. Um, right. Dode Fox Podcast Shop is still open for business. Dodefoxpodcast.com. Thank you very much to everyone who places orders and helps support the podcast, which allows us to invest in putting on a live show. Seamless. So, uh Right, let's just start on. Next week is the live episode recording, episode 136, Sunday, 27th of February. I said I say to uh, Paul before we started, what do you think you'll be like in a week's time? Because we'd have done the podcast normally by now, well done it by now, uh, on a normal Sunday, and that's just a lot of waiting about for us, but I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it, really looking forward to it. Um, so a couple things to go through. If you want, if you're serious that you want to play Games of Goals or Who Am I, drop us or me a DM about it. Now, you don't have to come up with anything. I'm just looking for volunteers to come up, uh, come and tell me, I want to play. I've got my ticket. I'll be there. Obviously, you need to be coming. And just tell me a player. I'll do you some clues. Or you can do them. Uh, we need two people. If you take part and win, you win a Dode Fox podcast goodie bag, which has got some class stuff in it including the new white beanie and if you lose if Paul beats you you get a, a naked photo of Paul so it's up to you whether you think winning or losing is a better better deal I don't know can I see, can I see uh, there'll be some thirsty game, people in that, that audience mate there'll be thirsty people fighting over McNuckle I could tell I don't care what McNuckle but there will be so if you want to play games of goals or who am I and if nobody comes forward I'm just going to pick a seat at random and play on on your behalf right so just get in touch right Uh, our special guest uh, I think we did mention this before but Sean Dillon's joining us next week on stage we did did. Um, basically we've even though he was almost for four hours over a year ago and mind the stars were going to align perfectly for him coming on exactly a year since he'd been on exactly 15 years since he'd signed for United and all this shit and then Omicron Optimus Prime whatever it's called kicked about I got knocked back but Sean's still going to join with and uh, we've still discussed despite his four hours him leaving United how did it come about I mean we just basically glossed over it when I listened back this week so I'll have a blur about three years earlier what was that and how did it know happen three years earlier oh yes we got to we'll mention that maybe. Yeah, maybe mention I. Just tell him that he's forum dropped off a wee bit. True. So, uh, so we'll speak to Sean about that and um, what he's been up to the last year and all that kind of stuff. Um, and there's a Q and A, and this is the part where we're going to get try and get the point across. We want the Q and A to be busy. Like, if you've ever had a question to ask Sean Dillon about anything, could be teammates, the club, him. Anything, it could be about anything he's witnessed, anything that come up in the chat, anything that happens. You can even ask me and Paul a question if you, I mean, if you want to waste a question, do it. What will happen is when you come in to the little theatre, you'll come in, there's a door at the front, come in the front door, you'll get your tickets checked, and to the left of that, there will be Q&A cards for you to write your name, who your question's for and what your question is. Because of COVID and all that kind of stuff, we've still got some protocols to follow. So we are doing Q&A and we'll read the questions out on the stage. Because usually we'll just let you ask a question. So if you've ever, please, don't be shy, you know, to ask anything uh, and then we'll do that. The Q&A won't be broadcast. That is purely for ticket holders only. Um, 
So when it goes out the following day, it'll just be the chat with Sean and our normal shite that you've just listened to there. Um, so please, yeah, have a think about any questions you want and, and get them in and we, we should have a lot of fun with it. If you can't make it, let us know. There are still people looking for tickets. And the time ends. Doors open seven o'clock. Because of where it is, parking's no brilliant, right? We'll just admit that. On the Hilton might be your best uh, option. Or get the bus. There's buses right outside the door, back of the well gate. You can get the bus there. 7 o'clock. The show starts at 7.30. We are aiming to have a half time at 8.15. Maybe half past 8. 15 minutes later, we'll start the second half. And we're looking to wrap up around quarter past 10. Depending if I can get Sean to shut up. That's about it. That's 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 the be all and end up. You might want to book the Monday off. I don't know. Uh, And just before we move on, because I've rambled on the night of the day, but I've quite enjoyed it. Uh, so last night, right? So I was working last night. It's normal, right? So gets to my bed about quarter to four or whatever. Uh, nice pink water bottle. Uh, I had what can only be described as a nightmare. Uh, that the live show went ahead, right? You weren't there. And I can't what, what you were doing. Half the audience didn't turn up. Sean Dillon didn't turn up. And it was just a pure disaster. It was so much of a shiter. I woke up. About two hours later, I've been in my bed like two hours, about half five, you know, about half six, I think it was. I woke up going, I can hope that doesn't happen. Like, I mean, I hope I done a look at it, there's nobody there. Like, I was pure shame myself. I mean, I mean, I've already made an ounce of the rows. I mean, mind mind the row situation, by the way. If you're in a certain row, you're actually a row back, but we'll sort that on the night. But yeah, just a pure shame there, eh? Like, nobody was there, you weren't there. I can't what you were doing. Like, you're probably in London trying to think you were. Big Soho man, I can't mind, but yeah, it was just a, it was a pure shiter. Eh? I hated it. It was horrible, and I had uh, a day. I've been thinking about it. Eh? A day, I've been thinking. So MD turns up, like that's that's no good. It's no good for MD. <laughs> it's no, good for Paul for the loan report. Yeah, yeah, because I've been the hecklers. Uh, nah, people have turned up around. People have parted. We hard earned, so they'll they'll show up yeah they'll, they'll want they've got the right to boo on the night <laughs> but yeah I just on the yeah just wanted to mention that but thank you very much to everyone who is coming along next week we're really looking forward to it um, making sure everything is, is working and goes to plan on the night we'll see what happens it should be a lot of fun right um, anything else you need to know about the live show drop us a DM we're at Dood Fox Podcast across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and uh, we could sort that out um, and again if you can't go let us know because there's still people looking for tickets right on this day let's finish things up in association with the Arab Archive preserving the history of Dundee United Football Clubs is 2006 21st of February is our uh, focus today one game one birthday uh, we're off to 2020 today and it was a game I wasn't even at because I was in Amsterdam on a stag do Louis Appery fired us ahead on a blustery and rainy Friday night under the lights of Tannadice. Jordan Wright, uh, he levelled Cali Thistle. That's the way it stayed until halftime. 40 minutes after the restart, we were ahead again after turning past three of Cali's defence from inside the box. Lawrence Shankland scored his 28th goal of the season and it was another win closer to winning the championship title. It was a wetting that, wasn't it? It wasn't a... Oh, it, was, it was horrendous weather Dubs that was a place. big win that was a big win because they were the team that were kind of closest to us chasing mm. and that was it that was when it was kind of cemented that it was going to be ours mm. yeah, it was a it was one of those ones our birthday boy by the way he's been a mainstay in Paul's loan report for a while but he's yet to make an appearance for United Nathan Cooney is 20 today happy birthday Nathan ah, and all the best on your 
injury rehab. Your recovery for a broken foot. Indeed. Right, it's a week to the live episode recording. Holy shit. First though, Aberdeen away. Let us know how you think we'll get on. Plus, tell us, would you rather lose your sense of smell or your sense of taste? We're at Dodefox Podcast on social media. Grab some merch, dodefoxpodcast.com. Have a great week, stay safe, and don't forget to wash your hands and your arsehole. Oh,